Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Johnny, and welcome to episode 32 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Today, I'm here with David from Israel. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so how do you actually say your name? So my name, my Israeli name is Dvir, but people have a hard time saying it, so I just say David. All right, so, so I'm going to try to say Dvir, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, so how, you're a young guy. How old are you? Yeah, I turned 20 two months ago. And you are basically retired. Uh, basically, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one way to put it. <laughs> And what's really cool is Devere messaged me not even that long ago. It's a couple of months ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, about three or four months ago. And basically, you know, you were starting your businesses then. You weren't at that time. I think you were just getting started with both drop shipping and also your apps. Yeah. And now you you're in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. That's been a really it's been an amazing like long, really short period of time where all of this went down it was really fast okay so let's let's bring you know, let's bring all the way back to the beginning uh so how how did you first get in, in contact with me like I, how did i first contact you or get into like well i mean yeah so yeah how, how did we meet okay so the thing is like about a year and a half ago i stumbled upon the four hour work weeks forums and i saw your post there and then i stumbled on your website and i saw 12 weeks in thailand read your book and i read it about three times total since <laughs> i really liked it and that's how I've been started getting influenced. It, way before I was thinking about actually making money online and traveling. It was really like when I was still in high school. It's really a long time ago. That's crazy. So you're a teenager in high school. Yeah. And you just stumbled upon the four hour work week, stumbled upon 12 weeks in Thailand. And yeah. you weren't even planning to, to have it be a business. I mean, what? why did you read those books? So I think it all started just because I was a really curious guy. I think all went down to curiosity. Like that's where it all started. Like years before, like I, I remember learning how to play the piano by myself. After I learned, I saw this amazing piece on YouTube, and I was blown away. I was like, I have to learn it. Then learned a few other things, and I got into like reading blogs online. I was reading Zen Habits or whatever, and I started like stumbling up all these possibilities of bloggers who eventually talk about this lifestyle and I started getting really interested. When you first read about it, I mean, so you're, you know, this young kid living in Israel. Yeah. And I'm sure you weren't surrounded by people doing it. No. Did you believe it or, I mean, was it hard? Was it, I mean, what, like, what were you, what did you think? Wow, it was really hard, like this big shift, like the first time, I just didn't think it was a reality. I think the first time I read your book, 12 Weeks in Thailand, I was like, okay, that looks nice. But I never actually thought how I could make it a reality. It was only after the second time afterwards, like six months after, when I was done with high school, I was really thinking this could be real. And then I started like thinking, how can I implement it? And how did you implement it? Just I just read, at first, like I read a shit ton of books. I read like, in every year, in the last couple of years, I read about 28 or 29 books and I really liked it. And I just started trying things, I guess. And I think I just, what I did, I just admitted I don't know anything and then I went to other guys looking for the resources and learning how to do it and I just started trying I guess I was a big uh, Tim Ferriss fan for a long time so I, I still am and I read his books just just trying and I guess just looking for models that I can copy and make them work basically you know, you're not the first person who said that I mean even Anton who's been on the show a couple of times he read the four work week and he actually just did exactly what, what Tim Ferriss wow. said yeah 
and he went out. He got a virtual assistant. He did an online business, mm-hmm. and he, you know, I mean, I wish that I would have just followed it 100% <laughs> when I first read it five years ago, instead of just picking and choosing and thinking I knew better. Yeah. So obviously, I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's a problem that most people have is. You know, we have this knowledge that we've accumulated either through school or through our parents or just through life. And we assume we know everything. So we kind of just start picking and choosing what we what, what we choose to follow or believe in. When in reality, if if we would have just picked any system almost, anything that worked obviously, but yeah. if we just you know said, okay, you know what, maybe I don't know anything, let me just try it, mm-hmm. it would work. Yeah, that, that's so true. Just, the, just going after and trying it world-heartedly, that's, that's really... I can agree more because you can avoid so many mistakes by following something that already works. Either like the way by thinking that you know best is gonna make it really hard on you trying to invent the wheel. Yeah, especially you know if someone's gonna take the time to write a book, generally they want to share you know what they've learned. I yeah. Mean, uh, so I just read a book on the plane called <laughs> the was it Black Belt Blueprint by my buddy Nick, who was <laughs> on the show before too. Yeah. And. He is a high-level jiu-jitsu black belt. He's been doing it for over 10 years. He's trained with some of the, the best in the world. And he decided to write a book. And, in the, you know, and because I know him, I know how, you know how honest he is about it. But it's one of those things where like, if, I was, if I was just getting started, I would just follow that book exactly, 100%. Mm-hmm. Not overthink it. Not try to go out and read 50 other books. Or you know, try to you know, ask questions and forums. I would just follow it. And it would probably work. Yeah, you're totally right. Like you think about books, like this person was like spent often years like mastering all this knowledge and gaining all the experience, put all of his time and effort into writing this one single book that would take you like several hours to read, where he just talks about everything you learned. That's really valuable. And where you know, I actually never read a book until I was in my late twenties. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I remember just having a bad, you know, like a bad taste in my mouth for books because my dad yelled at me when I was really young. I remember coming home with like a Harry Potter kind of book mm-hmm. as a kid, and my dad yelled at me. He said, uh, "You know, like why are you read? You know, don't waste your time reading that crap. Do some homework. You know, if you want to read a book, read a math book." Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure he actually threw the math book at me. Wow. <laughs> so ever since then, I I just hated books. I said, "You know what? I'm not reading this crap." Even at school, when I had to, I would just skim it, or I'd find some way to do the book report without actually reading the book. And it wasn't until my late 20s that I realized, man, a, a book is probably the best value, I mean, the best $10 you can spend in the world because you can get years of somebody's experience and thousands of dollars worth of their mistakes in a $10 book that you can read in a few days. Yeah, it's really true. I can't, I can't agree with you more. Like, uh, I think that everybody, I think that like the most successful people I've met, it's amazing, but all of them were like, they had like a few things they were doing that were shared in common. One of them was always they were regularly reading books and learning. Like you can always tell, like, and I can always tell like uh, a lot about a person just by seeing their bookshelf, just by looking like this one guy I met, really special dude, they just showed me what he was reading. Before I even had the chance to like really talk to him and get to know him, I knew it was someone really special, and it turned out he was just by the books he was reading because it says so much. Yeah, now that we have Kindles, you can just look at somebody's homepage. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, you're what do you been what are you been doing? I mean, you've been out here for how long now? I've been out here for two and a half months, just literally living the twelve weeks in Thailand, I guess. Just traveling around, first time traveling, this is all very new to me, traveling by myself. First time that I'm also not really vacationing. 
just traveling. I left my laptop at home, so I was I wanted to like jump right in and see what it's gonna be like. But I you're had, still making money every day. Yeah, I still I still make money. I still make more than I spend, so that's pretty cool. So everything you set up is now completely passive. Uh, yeah, once uh, once or twice a week I check email to feel a little bit productive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of passive. You know, th that is awesome. Actually, when you messaged me saying that you were going to be out here mm -hmm. and that you were going to leave your laptop at home, I thought you were joking. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pretty serious about it. I remember always when I was working, always toward the goal. It was never like work for work. It was always working toward affording that dream. You know, when I first came out to Thailand, that was actually my goal too, is I wanted to come out and for three months, I didn't want anyone to bother me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have to pay a bill. I didn't have to check an email. I didn't have to make a phone call. I yeah. wanted to hibernate. That was that was my dream. Mm -hmm. And I think it's from all the years of having responsibility, having stress, you know, even in school, even just, you know, day to day having mm -hmm. responsibility and chores. I just wanted a break from it all. And that was probably, you know, my equivalent of coming here without a laptop, even though I'm pretty sure when I came, there were no laptops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everybody wants to like relax and go away. I actually didn't feel that stressed at home because I was like, after high school, I was just working on my business and I was also trying to get out from like, in Israel, I was supposed to go to the army for three years and I really didn't want to go there. So while I was working on my business, I was also setting up the procedure of getting out, which was really hard for me. It was really, really hard. But you know, I think that's really cool that you knew that wasn't something that, you know, you wanted to spend, invest three years of your life doing. Yeah. So you figured out a way out of it. Yeah. And it was really, really hard. Like, basically, when you're 18, it's like you don't know much about anything. Like, I still don't. And you have all this, like, pressure from society to go to the army. It's a really big thing in Israel. And I just didn't want to do it. It's more than, when you think about three years, it's more than a thousand days doing something that I basically didn't want to do. That's a long time. Yeah, and that's a huge part of your life. I mean, that's your prime. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the reason why... You know, they have you go when you're 18 is because that's when you're, you know, the most energetic. You, have mm -hmm. the, you know, you can learn the most. Yeah. You're most vibrant. And those are probably some of the best years of your life that you would have just given to someone else for something that you didn't really enjoy doing. Uh, yeah. So I'm proud of you for, for oh, kind of <laughs> taking that. I mean, so in the U.S., you know, mm -hmm. going into the Army is completely an option. But yeah. we have societal pressures to, you know, go to school, to go to college. Uh, or get a job for a corporation, you know, all these different things. Get a job. Why, what are you doing sitting there on the computer, go and get a job? You yeah, know, I mean, you hear that all the time, right? Of course you do. And so we have our version of, of pressure as well. And mm -hmm. it's I know it's really hard for people to, to not fall for that because it almost yeah. feels like an obligation or a responsibility. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I had this period between high school and when I was supposed to enlist in the army. Well, I was like, I wasn't sure. I couldn't make up my mind. I would constantly change my mind between going to the army and not going because I got accepted to a really good place in the army too. They were like, you'll get a really good job afterwards. It was like a programming job in the army for for three years and it was like you, you, you can make a shit ton of money afterwards it'll be great like you can drop out of like the 95 grand afterwards just do this and I was like I was conflicting and I didn't know but you know once you once I decided not to and I actually went through like all the pressure and I went through it it's like made you so strong on the inside now you don't care much what people like say because it's like you've been through this once and it's it was a really unique experience for me really you know there's a lot of guys that are literally twice your age who would benefit from going through something like that and just really standing up for the for what they want what they believe yeah. in and not just doing what they feel like they have to do i mean what 
how do you think you got through that? I mean, did you have support wow. from your friends or family to get through that? So the thing is, like, first of all, I just spent, you know, the, the quote, it says you are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. And I just spent a lot of time just reading online, bloggers, reading books, just people who were, like, talking. So what basically what I did is, like, I listened to all they said about getting a job, and I was applying it to get to go into the army because that's what basically kind of what it was, like, confirming to society. And that's what I did. My family wasn't supportive like they are now. But at first, man, it was really wasn't easy. Not for me, not for them. And I totally understand because because it's sort of a taboo. They were worried for me that it's going to hurt my future. Like you're not going to have a job. Or like they went as far as to say like a girl won't want to date you or some other stupid things. It was really, really different. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, that was, and I, I was just and, and it's almost the opposite. Where I feel like... Those first couple of years when I was trying to make it, I was trying to figure out mm-hmm. how the heck can I make enough money to, to live and how the heck can I you know, yeah. support this lifestyle. It was, it was hard and I had a lot of self-doubt, but I think it was this trip. So I actually just got back from the U.S. Mm-hmm. last night. Um, so it was really good timing that, that you had messaged me. <laughs> yeah, good lucky. <laughs> yeah. And so I did spend the last three weeks in the U.S. And this is the first trip back that I was 100% confident in, in my life. In only now. Wow. Only now. I mean, it wow. took me five years. I mean, even after, even after the first couple of trips where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's fun. But then people would always drop those hard questions on you. And not necessarily because they had your best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. It was because they, I don't know. I think, a lot of people just feel like it's their obligation to make you feel <laughs> like shit, you know, <laughs> or make themselves feel better somehow. <laughs> It's really funny. You can see those subconscious patterns where you you tell people about what you do and they just spit up excuses or like reason why it won't work. Because if they admit that it's possible, then it makes them face the reality that what they're doing is not the best thing. And that's really hard because if they see you do that and they know they can too, then why don't they? So it puts a lot of pressure on them. So they feel obligated to like make it feel like it's not possible. So they raise up all these questions and they're not doing it to hurt you just something that they've been raised with and it's kind of like it's really interesting to see that and notice it always really interesting to me. you know this time i was back i didn't take it personally anymore mm-hmm. i would kind of just nod i wouldn't even try to correct people i wouldn't argue yeah i would just nod and be like okay it cool makes sense. you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. if they want you know help or if they want a resource i'm happy to link it to them yeah but i've stopped even things like diet so i went back this time and i am wow. in the best shape of my life mm-hmm. this is the first time in my adult life i've been under 200 pounds Woo! it's a big one yeah thank you and i'm just full energy i feel healthy i'm happy and I go back and, you know, I have all these friends and family members who are really overweight or, oh, you know, yeah. just, yeah. They're, they're just not healthy. They're not, you know, they're not happy. And they try to give me diet advice. Oh, my God, they do. And, and, <laughs> but instead of, you know, trying to correct them, now I just kind of, I just let them be. And if they really want, I'm happy to send them, you know, a yeah, resource for it. Of course. It. Um, but I'm not, you know, it's, it's not my responsibility. I mean, and the same thing with travel, with, with online business. For a long time, I was trying to convince everyone I knew to become an entrepreneur because it made me so happy. You're stubborn. Myself. Yeah. But now I'm like, you know what? Maybe not everyone is meant to be one. And if they want to, I'm happy to help them. I'm happy to point them to the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, kind of just like what, what we, you said earlier um, over lunch, you said, you, you know, you had sent me an email and I, and I sent you a pretty long reply. Yeah. And you had asked me if I do that with everyone. So, I mean, do you remember what you asked me? 
remember how can you tell if someone is serious or not when they ask you like if they're actually going to go through it and do it i think i actually still have one of your old emails in my box so i archive everything <laughs> that i never want to look at again mm -hmm. and i think i'm pretty sure under social uh that i have one of your 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 old emails because it yeah right here this this video that you sent me oh yeah <laughs> do you remember this yeah i remember this this was a surprise wasn't it okay so t tell everyone what our our conversation was like okay so basically i was messaging if i remember correctly i was messaging you for help um i was asking something and you replied and i was really surprised and i was asking how can i stand out and make give something in return like how can i offer value in return so i thought hey it'd be cool if i actually send him a video of me like so he sees this person send him an email but he doesn't really know me so if he'll see a video maybe it'll make him like it will first of all be more fun to do and surprising it will show him that i'm serious as well so that was a little surprise that i made for you and just sent you a video and what you feel about it you know what? i i thought it was awesome yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, I thought it was beautiful at first, uh -huh. and I was like, who's this guy sending me a video <laughs> of himself? So, uh, this was sent on September 9th, Yeah. and how many months ago was that? That's eight months ago. So, I mean, so yeah, so you basically, this is when you first decided, hey, I want to start some kind of online business, Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, I read you, and I think, I think in the email you said, hey, I, I read your book, um, and this, this video really kind of just, it, it stood out to me because, yeah, you're right. It did exactly what you what you had said. It made me kind of feel like you're a real person, and not just someone else sending me an email. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, yeah, I like it. <laughs> in life, it's it's like funny. Nobody goes the extra mile. So once you actually go there and you do something extra, people are like, "Whoa!" And it's really easy to do that. That's yeah. I'm glad I glad you like it. Yeah, very cool. Uh, how would you feel about me sharing that video? Oh, that would be funny as hell, and okay. I don't think I mind. All right, cool. Uh, so I'm going to put this up on the show notes. If you go to travellikeabosspodcast.com, <laughs> show notes, episode 32, I'm going to have a link to the video. Uh, I can't embed it because it's actually set as private. <laughs> yeah. But what I'll do is I'll have a link there. So as long as you have the link, you can watch it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, basically, I think that's actually awesome because in that video, you were very unsure how to, you know how the fuck am i gonna get this shit started yeah. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and eight months later you are here in thailand and actually not even eight months later because you've already been here for two and a half months yeah i've been here before the plan was to make enough passive income to live to be financially free and get my ass to thailand before turning 20. that was the goal that was what i was working for um i read napoleon's hill thinking grow rich where he talked about how to set the plan and to read it every time when you wake up and before you go to sleep so i made that I read it like for over three months. I worked really hard. That was, was like the main thing I did. So before coming here, I was working, I was exercising, I was living healthy. I was kind of neglecting like social life. Like I would go out once a week or twice a week, but that was it. Most of my thing, I was just working. So, you know, that is exactly the same story that, that I had when I got started. Yeah. I, it, it was a, almost a year ago today. It was... Yeah, I think it was last May, so like exactly one year ago, mm -hmm. when I had just gotten started thinking, you know what, whatever you know, whatever I've been doing yeah. has not been working. You know, I was making you know two hundred bucks a month selling the the ebook, yeah. and it was a nice 
a nice way to get my, my feet wet, you know, and think, okay, you know what? It's possible to make money online. Yeah. What should I do? Should I go out and write 20 more books or like <laughs> <laughs> 20 more books? That'd be crazy. Yeah. You know, and I decided, I was like, you know what? I want, I like writing and I and really enjoyed having the book out there, but I never want it to be my primary source of income. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, I didn't want to be just an author. I wanted to have some kind of business and I really wanted to sell physical products because it, to me, it felt like a real business. It felt mm-hmm. like, you know, someone's going to buy something, they're going to get it in the mail, they're going to be mm-hmm. happy, you know, mm-hmm. if they can touch it, and it's 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 real. Yeah. So that's why I was so happy when I found dropshipping. And for the first two months, I basically sat in this office right behind us here in Pud Space, <laughs> and I put my head down from morning until night, and I worked on the store. The only break I would take is I would have a, a short lunch break where I'd walk over, get some Thai food for a dollar, <laughs> and then come back, do more work until four, do CrossFit, have dinner, and then come back again and work until midnight. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. So I didn't I, work that hard. <laughs> yeah. So I had no social life at all for the first two months. You know, I didn't go out on a single date. I didn't, you know, I didn't go, I didn't do anything. I, I basically just did that. And I, and mm-hmm. I firmly believe that if you want to be successful, you really do have to put in the hard work. Of course, you have to go through that phase. I still have, I'm writing a diary every day since I turned 18. I haven't missed a day. So that's like over two years now. And I remember I have days where I just don't have much to work, to write. I just worked so hard. So there were like days like, yeah, today I did this and this. And I have like all the frustration and, and things that I went through. And that's true. That You have to go through that period of self-doubt as well before you know you can fully do it. It's amazing. Like you said, it took you like five years to actually realize this is going to be possible. I don't know. I, I was influenced by it for a long period of time, so I guess I realized that before. That was really interesting. I'm also like surprised that you, at some point, like you said, it was really hard for you like to stop trying to give advice and to help people because you generally wanted to help them. I think it's really hard to accept people the way they are, but it's so important to do that because you can't go and try to change them. Like if they want, they don't want to change, then it's up to them. You just, it's hard, but you have to accept it. It was really hard for me as well. Well, I think that's why it's nice having the blog and this podcast is if somebody wants the information, it's mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. I'm so open about everything that I do that if they want any information, it's, it's out there for, for the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they don't want it, you know, they won't see it. And it's funny that a lot of my good friends that I've known for t- more than 10 years when I was back in LA, you know, they're so excited to hang out. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know I had a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, you, you know, have you obviously not listened to the podcast. You haven't looked at my blog. You uh-huh. haven't even looked at my Facebook. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have stopped using Facebook, especially the guys that are over, you know, over 30. Because I'm 32 now, so a lot of my friends are in their 30s. Mm-hmm. But I really believe that it's not because they feel like it's a waste of time. I think they secretly think it's because they don't really have that much going on in their life mm-hmm. and they don't want to see other other people enjoying themselves or other mm-hmm. people moving on showing off okay okay i see what i see what you're saying that's really sad if that's the truth you know it, it's like they're basically trying to hide from the world and being their own bubble and one of the things that has helped me a lot is constantly being surrounded by people who are more successful than me or doing better than me mm-hmm. and cuz it's motivating it's very motivating so so much like I spent one day with a guy who exercises regularly and by the end of the day I went for a run 
just after I met him, and not by openly talking about it, just by being with him and in his presence, and you can see it, and the people you associate with are so important. This is why it's also really important to come to places like Chiang Mai or Pan Space and see, to realize, also for them to influence you, but also to realize that it's possible, that this dream is possible. Because when you're back home and you're not making enough money and you have to reinforce that belief constantly, because everybody, because society is going to push you inside, try to push you inside to their bubble where it's not possible. That's why I was really reading kind of religiously like when I was still there. Also because it was interesting and, and funny as fuck. Like just people sharing how, how amazing their life are. And, and that was a really big one for me. And here you are. I mean, we're literally yeah. sitting in Pun Space yeah. drinking coconuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was here like the first, few, the first time a few days ago. I was, holy shit the legendary pun space it's like it all seemed kind of like a dream because you would have never have understood it for me it's been like my career has been like literally like one year it's been 12 months i started like last may and coming here and going through that phase so quickly was really weird like i feel like i don't appreciate i was telling you that before i feel like i haven't had enough time working a regular nine-to-five job to appreciate what i have now because i never had a full-time job in my life and right. uh, so you need to go back uh, get a crappy corporate job. Yeah. Sit in a cubicle. Uh, make sure you have at least a one-hour commute through traffic every day. Of course, at least one hour. That's yeah. Make sure your boss makes you stay overtime and come in on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> and then come back and enjoy this. Yeah, of course, of course. It's like it's too it's too young. Like I had one part-time job for six months where it was like ten hours a week. And I had no boss. I was literally texting him. I was supposed to sell coffee machines, but I was just texting him when I arrived and when I left. And during that job, like what I did, it was pretty, it was really good actually. I was just bringing a tablet with me. And the whole time I was there, I was reading. Like I was a shitty employee and I knew it. And I didn't give a shit about the job, just reading. And I read so much. And if I had to choose between the money value that I got from the job to like the books, it would, the education would definitely be the education that was way more important because it shifted my mind. So while I was working there, I was also working on my business and it really made me push myself because every time I went there I knew I was basically like uh, undervaluing my time because it was worth more I was making like how much money was I making I'm making like nine bucks an hour ten bucks an hour something like that really not very much and I was and I knew my time was worth way more than that so it really pushed me to, to move on I think one thing I'll never do again is trade time for money yeah that's 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 really a big one like I constantly think about how important time is and having an abundance of time is something so rare today and it's so sad that people don't have much time to do all the things they want to do. You know, one of the things about being out here is having so much free time every day and so little <laughs> responsibilities that it gives us time to work on new projects, start new businesses, meet other people, and try new hobbies and I realize that while every time I go back to the U.S., I go back usually about once a year, sometimes mm -hmm. twice a year. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, in those six months that I've been gone, I've experienced so much. I went, you know, I've been to two, you know, two or three different countries, uh, picked up at least one new sport or new, one new hobby, and you know, maybe wrote a book, <laughs> like, you know, started a business. And I, I ask my friends like, oh, so you know, what's you know what's going on? What have you been up to? And they're like, oh, you know, same old. Oh, that's and they mean it. And they mean it. I mean, yeah. literally nothing has changed in their lives. The same job that they still don't like. Mm -hmm. They probably even drive the same car. They probably, you know, probably live in the same place. It's, you know, they, they hang out the same, you know, hang on the same bar every weekend. I mean, that's really it. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. And there's nothing. And you think to yourself, isn't there supposed to be more to life? I really, 
I really identify with that feeling because it's it's incredible what you can do with time. I remember I was reading like it's gonna be a little like weird to bring up, but there's this philosophy about stoicism where they say basically like when you see someone who's old, it doesn't mean that he has lived for a long time, it just means that he existed for a long time. And that's a really big thing when you think about it, like we all give we all have like the same time we all have twenty four hours in a day, but some of us just experience and use that time way more wisely. It's the same with money. Like some people can be millionaires and yet like spend their money poorly and some can have like a little bit of money but use it so well. You know, so when I was back in the US, a normal salary for you know, like a decent salary was fifty thousand a year. Okay. You know, I mean you would you would want to make six figures but you'd also settle for 36,000 a year. So 50k was pretty good. So but if you do the math on that, you know, that's I don't know what almost I don't know. almost 5,000 a month, 4,000 something a month. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money out here. But back in the US, that actually isn't very much at all. No, it, <laughs> that, it's, it's not good. <laughs> you know, because first you have you know all the taxes that get taken out. So realistically, your paycheck every month is $3,000. And then you have rent, which is at least 1,000. You have probably a car payment. You know, you spend a couple hundred dollars in gas, a couple hundred dollars in insurance and mm-hmm. other bills, and you're left with 250 bucks. <laughs> How'd you get that figure? Wow. Yeah, I mean, because I remember- That's allowance. I remember the reason why I had 250 in my mind was that was my goal to be able to save every month. I wanted to be able to save up $250 a month Mm-hmm. after all my expenses and you know to me that was, that was like a pretty good amount to put away you know maybe 300 would be even better and thinking about that now that's insane i mean what happened to that other mm-hmm. you know four thousand something dollars yeah yeah where did that go and while out here i mean look what are you you're on vacation so you're actually spending more than you would if you had you know if you're actually living here month to month what are you actually spending per day when i'm living here yeah so i'm spending about 800 baht that's that's pretty and that's pretty like doing whatever i want maybe maybe reaching a thousand which is like how much is it in bucks that's like 33 30 so 800 would be 26 dollars yeah 26 dollars so a thousand would be like 30 bucks yeah 33 dollars so you're basically spending less than 33 dollars a day living here doing whatever i want like eating out like taking a scooter okay so that's less than a thousand a month. Yeah, that's getting a massage a day probably. And that is being a tourist. You know, if you if you do the exact same thing, but instead of paying nightly for your hotel room, you're mm-hmm. paying from per monthly. Instead of renting your scooter per per day or per week, you rent it per month. Or you buy one. Or you just buy one. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so different. It's gonna drive your costs so lower. Like I'm really going touristy here, and that, that's a big difference. So you can actually, and you get so much value. Like I remember coming here to Thailand, I was shocked by eating out. Like back home, I would eat out maybe once a week and I would always be ice cream because it was just too freaking expensive. And here I just eat out at restaurants and I order pretty much whatever I want to. And that freedom, it's amazing. Like I was shocked by all the great food here, which I really love and all the variety and the things you want to do. Like back home, I, I, was, I was telling this to my friends all the time. I would never take a taxi. I never, I never took a taxi in my life that I paid for in Israel. And here, it's just so natural. It's just you don't really care. And having that freedom, it's incredible. It makes you feel so independent, and it's really sweet. It's like it makes you feel like you have to take advantage of it because back home, your money goes much less. You know, I know exactly what you mean, especially because my whole life, I've really enjoyed being frugal. Mm-hmm. I enjoy getting good deals and saving yeah, money. Yeah, me too. And even though now I'm making enough money where it doesn't matter that much, I can you know I can afford to spend a little bit more on a on a taxi or spend more on, on food. 
when I was in Canada last week, every single meal was $30. Every single meal. It doesn't matter where we went, it was 30 bucks. And I was like, man, this is... And it wasn't even that great. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is such a nice meal. It was like, if you, we just needed some food. We needed dinner, 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I was thinking, I was like, man, this is such an insane life. And, you know, we took... We were in downtown Toronto, so we take cabs... And every cab ride was ten bucks, you know. Mm-hmm. And here, a cab ride is two dollars, and dinner is five, you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I enjoy it just as much here as, as I did in, in Toronto. I mean, I don't think I enjoy life any less here. I, if anything, I should enjoy it more. I mean, this morning, I woke up, and it's my first day back, so I woke up and I hopped on my scooter to go buy a bag of coffee. Uh, there's a local grow here called uh, Akiyama they have you know organic uh, fair trade sustainable farms so I I drove over and I just instantly I was like man (laughs) the weather is so nice it's you know they just got finished with with a harsh harsh winter in in Canada even San Francisco is really cold and you know here it's been nice for you know it's basically been summer for the last couple months anyways Um, but now the air is super clear uh, it's clean, it's warm, and I'm just driving around on this little scooter that I bought for $250. So I own it now, which means I don't have any rent on that. <laughs> and when I leave, I'm going to sell it for $250. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you doing that in the book. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's such a nice feeling. And the, the so the bag of coffee I bought was 500 grams. So that's, so that's half a kilo, it's one pound. Mm-hmm. And it was... 350 baht, which is about $10. Mm-hmm. And I think the equivalent coffee in the U.S. would be 16 So it's, you know, it's quite a bit more back, you know, back home just because it's, everything's more. And I'm pretty sure that the back home, I'm not getting it from a local farm that's an hour away. I'm getting it f- imported from, you know, Brazil or some other country. Mm-hmm. And the quality of life, the quality of food, the quality of, you know, just day-to-day activities... I, I really think it's better here and it's cheaper. So it's it's almost ridiculous that I would spend more for less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would go back home and I'd be like, shit, no way I'm going to buy that. It's going to be really hard going back, honestly. But it's kind of a, a nice, I don't know, like, all right. So th- there's, there's a lot of things that I liked about the U.S. So mm-hmm. when I was home, I really enjoyed being able to order stuff online. <laughs> You know, it's and I literally got probably 36 packages in the mail when, when I when I was back. Wow! And my dad thought I was insane. He's like, "How are you going to fit all this in your bag?" And the trick was, I didn't bring anything back with me, so I had two empty bags. So I brought 30 kilos of stuff, stuff. back. Stuff. <laughs> it's like stuff is the worst thing you can bring. Like, but you know, so I I would say there's a lot of things that are not as easy to buy when you're mm-hmm. out here, especially if let's say you want to use like organic soap or like toothpaste or something mm-hmm. like that you know you're not gonna find it here you're gonna find like you know the big brands like colgate and stuff mm-hmm. so i'll buy that stuff when i'm back home um things like you know really nice dark chocolate mm-hmm. uh it's just more plentiful back home um here there's only you know there's a couple brands the only real brand that's really good is lint it's a it's from it's it's swiss but it's super expensive so i i bring a bunch of chocolate back and things like finding board shorts or finding like underwear that fits or socks that fit mm-hmm. are a little bit harder here because you know I'm, I'm a pretty big guy so those things I, I, I buy and I'm happy that they're so easy to buy when we're back home but as soon as you know Amazon starts delivering to Thailand easily you know <laughs> you're gonna have a hard time deciding what you're gonna buy first yeah I mean you know that no you know what then 
I would probably, you know, I, I only buy stuff I actually need. Um, but now that it's a little bit difficult to buy stuff when I'm out here, I try to buy backups of backups. So I actually came back with three USB mics. USB mics. Yeah, so this microphone here, the Audio Technica, mm -hmm. I bought two of the exact same ones. Mm -hmm. One just as a backup. <laughs> just as a backup, yeah, when you're coming from US. So different, so different. Yeah. <laughs> but generally speaking, I didn't have a craving for anything from home yet. But I've And I've been here like two and a half months. But I guess if you live here, it is, it is different. Well, one of the reasons why I bought the stuff is because I decided to keep my Chiang Mai apartment year-round now. Uh, before I used to move out every time, mm -hmm. my, you know, every time I'd go somewhere for a month or two, I would just check out and check back in. Mm -hmm. But then I would have to take all my stuff with me. But I realized I was like, you know what? The rent is so cheap here. It's literally the same. It's probably less money than just the condo fees if you owned a condo mm -hmm. <laughs> somewhere, anywhere. You know, I'm paying. 6,500 baht a month, which is, I think it's about $250 US. And it's, you know, in a great location. It's literally right behind Pun Space. And I might as well, I might as well just keep it. I mean, like, there's really no reason for me not to just have it the whole year, which now it allows me to kind of stockpile stuff. You know, it's not even 250, it's 216. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is insane. I mean, that was one night of hotel in Toronto. I paid. I paid really yeah one night one night wow. hotel in San Francisco or, or Toronto or New York or in a big city I'm getting an entire months of rent here mm -hmm. um, the only downside is now my room feels a bit cluttered because I have you can't you know, because you're like I'm gonna stare and then you just throw it all around yeah so now I have a lot of stuff and I firmly firmly believe that when you first come come with try to come with nothing you know try to come as light as possible backpack yeah, of course. and enjoy that and later on you know if you decide hey you know, you really want to follow this bulletproof diet and you have to bring, you know, five big ass bottles of uh, coconut oil or MCT oil with you from the States, then, you know, do that later. But in the yeah, beginning, just come, come with nothing. Like I travel so light and it's so much fun. Like I have I have one handbag and one backpack and they're both so light and it feels amazing. Like I'm also I believe the less is more. And I've also been thinking that like whatever you need, you can buy here, except for like the things that Johnny is saying right now, which are very specific. But generally speaking, I see all the time those backpackers, with, like huge bags, dragging them around hostels, hotels. They're not really enjoying it. You can tell it's heavy. And most, most of them don't even unpack because yeah, it's like they're only in the hostel for a couple of days and they're like, man, I have this giant bag, so much crap in it. They never even wear the, the clothes on the bottom half of their bag. Mm -hmm. So what was the point of them even bringing it? Mm -hmm. That's so true. It's so true. So where else have, in Thailand have you been before this? So before this, I've been mostly in Bangkok and the islands, the touristy islands in the south. I've been scuba diving. Nice. It's oh yeah, funny. you know, I remember you saying that was one of your your goals, your dreams. Yeah, right? that, that was one of my dreams. And it's funny enough, like the exact day I turned twenty, the exact birthday was the first time I dived in the open water in the sea, and that was. The first dive, to be honest, was shitty because you're scared and I went up a few meters by mistake so my ears really hurt from the pressure. But since then, the other three dives I did were like amazing. It's, there's something so peaceful about just diving and meditative, about just diving and listening to your breath. I remember also the small things, like I remember diving uh, above one of other divers and I, his bubbles of air just flew up above to me. And I was like looking at the bubbles and I was just amazed by how beautiful it was. That was really a big thing for me, just having the freedom to do that. So I, I remember you mentioning that you wanted to, to come out here to scuba dive. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was a big one for me. Actually, I thought I was going to do it a lot of time, 
But then when I came here, I actually had other things that I wanted to do more. So you can't really plan too much what you want to do until you get here, honestly. Like right now I'm traveling, I really don't have any plans. When I was coming to Thailand, I thought I'll just go to the islands and I'll skip Bangkok. But my friends that I made on the plane, I'm traveling by myself, were like, just stay in Bangkok, check out the place. And And I ended up staying there a month and a half total. And you can't really tell until you get you go there and see what it's like. Yeah, it's good to kind of stay open-minded. Of course. And you know what? I, I can see that if you're from, if you're not from a big city, where you like really big cities, and you're young, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to party, you want to go out to clubs and meet a yeah. lot of cool people, Bangkok would be fun. And that's you know, like Saigon is fun for that kind of New York style, mm-hmm. you know, nightlife as well. Uh, I think for me, I I've came from big cities. So I don't really enjoy them. So I, that's why I really like smaller towns. I like, you know, the islands mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. You know, so one thing that, that I wanted to ask you about is when you started your dropshipping stores, being from Israel, I mean, I, I get a lot, a lot of people that don't live in the U.S. and they want to get into, into dropshipping, mm-hmm. but they're, they, they're always afraid. They always, you know, email me those questions. So I actually recently wrote a post about it on johnnyfd.com mm-hmm. is how to um, basically dropship if you're, if you're not a U.S. citizen. Uh, you did it. Yeah. Uh, like how, so tell me about, about the process. So the process actually was really simple uh, when I think about it. I just set up like a business in Israel, not a company, just a small business, not an LLC even. And then I just contacted these manufacturers and my frame was like, I'll just go about it as if it's okay. And they, and they accepted it. I was like, can I apply? I have a U.S. I was stressed. I stressed always that I'm selling in the U.S., so I was like, I'm based from Israel, but I sell in the U.S. And they never said they never had any problem with that. I didn't have a single manufacturer turn me down because they were saying we're only accepting U.S.-based uh, stores. Never. I had like people for other reasons, but never nothing related to my location. So I just, I called the U.S. I got an EIN. What's it called? Yeah, the, the federal tax ID number. Yeah, I got one. It was super easy. And I used that. Um, I got a U.S. bank account using Payoneer really recommend them okay yeah I've, I've heard of them as well yeah so that's that's the account I used and they've been super helpful and and that's it and it's and a big tip for people who want to use the Shopify payment getaway to save some money like I know that if I use PayPal it takes 3.9% of my transaction but if I use PayPal like the Shopify getaway it's two and two and a half percent so that's a big difference so what I did I just used the Payoneer bank account for the US which saves me a lot of money on the transaction and then you can just call Shopify and ask them to set it up for you. Okay. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I definitely once people start getting sales, they can mm-hmm. they can switch it over to save, you know. Yeah, my quite first a bit. one was was in PayPal and just just start it up, keep it simple, just get it started. Yeah, uh, so you you got started by finding my blog or how did how, how did that work? So, it's really interesting. I, I was working on my apps and then I stumbled again on your on your blog after a long time about six or seven months where I haven't written it read in it and then I saw you were talking about this drop shipping thing and it was I was like and you were at the point just where you were turning profitable and you were really happy about that and I remember just just reading about it and you you were talking about this thing and I checked out the course and it looked really interesting so I was thinking about stopping working on my apps and then just go and working on that drop shipping because I really wanted to have another source of income and I was thinking hey I know I know Johnny like I read this book you had I had a lot of credibility you had a lot of credibility to me so I was like if he says it's working then I trust him so I eventually what I did is I took two two and a half months where I just worked on the drop shipping 
I didn't touch the the apps, and that's how I got in a second business starting up. That was really cool. You know, and that's really cool that you signed up for Anton's course. It's uh, AntonMethod.com. If you guys want to check it out, uh, it's good that you diversified to have both. Yeah, that's th- incredible. Having like two sources of income, it's so important. Like putting all your eggs in one basket is really scary, especially when I'm traveling here. If one of those income sources suddenly comes down, like if I had only one, like it's a nightmare just thinking about going back home and then starting to work again. So that was really a big thing for me. I wanted to have like in a different industry. That was. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, it's 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 smart to get one thing up and running, and then, and then start working on something else. Uh, I th- I think that's one of the big reasons why I'm so scatterbrained. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I I know that if I just focus and just build more niche dropshipping stores, mm-hmm. that I would my income would go up a lot. But I enjoy, I don't know, I really enjoy doing other things, and I think some like learning new new skills. I think I I just like being challenged and. I remember as a kid and, you know, when I was really young in elementary school, I would always talk in class and I would always, you know, want to do stuff. I couldn't just sit there and listen to the teacher and I, I would get in trouble all the time. I actually apologized to my dad while he drove me to the airport saying, uh, I'm really sorry that you had to leave work early all those days to come get me. <laughs> and it's because I was bored, you know, with the teacher trying to teach me something I didn't want to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, even as a yeah, eight-year-old kid, you know, was me defying against about the school and saying, you know, what, I don't want to, I don't want to do what I, you know, everyone else is doing. I don't want to do what, you know, society tells me to do. I want to, I want to do what, what I want to do. Yeah. And it's so weird as a kid, you don't know it. I remember when I was in high school, I also, I just ditched a shit ton of classes just because it was interesting and I knew like I remember there was also like there was like this geography lesson and I remember if I ditched it I would avoid the traffic going back home so it saved me actually more time than just ditching the lesson and I wasn't learning anything and I was like I knew I could learn way more by myself because that's what I love to learn I love to like read and learn how to play the piano learn how to solve a Rubik's Cube learn how to program just I had like all these side hobbies that I wanted to spend time on and I was curious about. I didn't just want to go home and play the computer, which was also something I like to do, but that wasn't the main thing. You know, I used to love playing video games. Me too. And now I really feel like doing online businesses feels like playing a video game, <laughs> but I actually get real money for it. Okay, that's cool. I wish I could feel the same <laughs> way. For, for me right now, I still don't see it like a game. But I can understand what you're saying. For me right now, the way I look at working and is like the least amount of effort I can put to get the most amount of results so I can spend the rest of my time on things that I want to do without being dependent on it for money. So I remember in Diablo 2, there is this auction house. Mm-hmm. Did, did you ever play that game? No. Uh, and, <laughs> but basically what you can do is you can buy and sell you know, virtual weapons okay. and, and gems. And... <laughs> I spend hours on there, and the thing is, you couldn't even cash it out. It's not like it's not like you can, you know, make sell it for a lot. Well, maybe you could, but I never got to that point. But basically, I would just spend hours buying and selling these gems. Like if you buy five flawed emerald gems, mm-hmm. and you can combine it into one, you know, perfect gem or something, <laughs> and sell it for more. Oh, I know that. Okay, okay. So you spend time like hassling and trying to make. Things- <laughs> okay, that's cool. Everybody went through that phase, just in different computer games. <laughs> yeah, and it was fun. But now I'm thinking back, I'm like, what was I doing? I could have just, you know, been doing that with real gems, <laughs> or like, or some <laughs> kind of online product instead. And so yeah, so I, I firmly, I really, really do think that like every time I get a sale on Shopify. Uh, did you set up your the notifications on your phone, by the way? 
No, I didn't. Actually, they didn't kill me now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like my favorite thing in the world. Uh, mm -hmm. And the only thing that sucks about being in Thailand is most of those notifications come in while I'm sleeping uh, because oh. of the time zone difference. Yeah, of course. While in the U.S., it would come in, you know, when I'm eating or if out with friends or just hanging out, and I would just check my phone and just smirk. Yes. And my friends always ask, like, oh, like, you know, like, what, you know, is that a text from a girl? I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm like, no, but something better, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's incredible. When I check my email and I have a sale coming in, I always check for how much money it is and I'm just, I am just have a big-ass stupid smile on my face when I do it. You know, and I guess it's kind of nice having the sales overnight too because right when I wake up in the morning, that's the, you know, I look at my phone and I see, you know, like two or three Shopify notifications sometimes. I'm like, and this is even before I, I brush my teeth or even, even use the mm -hmm. bathroom. So it's, mm -hmm. it is nice knowing that after you set it up, you know, you're getting sales while you sleep. Uh, so I'm taking a look at one of your old emails you sent me. This is February 10th of uh, this year. So that was a just a couple of months ago. Yeah, this was like about two weeks before, exactly two weeks before I flew to Thailand. Yeah, and basically saying right now I'm finalizing my last arrangements before my trip to Thailand. and would love to hear your advice. So you got out of the army, you're generating 2K in income, which is insane for me. Still can't believe it. And I'm planning to take my first <laughs> mini retirement to Thailand. So I'm planning to buy a one-way ticket and live probably in Koh Tao and learn scuba mm -hmm. diving. Right now, I've never dived before, but from your book, I saw you recommended the, the island. Um, and so you, yeah, you basically asked me yeah. a couple of things about diving. Mm, of course, so before I actually went there, I thought diving was gonna be this big thing for me. Uh -huh. And it, while it was a lot of fun, I just found it, first of all, it was really expensive. It's one of the most expensive things you can do here. And I found it like, uh, kind of like, I don't know, I just wasn't, as interested as I was and as I think I would. This is why I'm saying like there's no really point to make a lot of plans before coming here. Mm -hmm. Just come and see what it's like. But it was definitely amazing and incredible experience. Yeah, I'm glad you got a, to experience it. You do them in Koh Tao, which is, a, is actually the ch cheapest place to learn and dive. Diving yeah. itself is just isn't, you know, isn't a cheap sport. Of course. Um, I learned in Phuket, which is probably double the price. But double. I think that the reason why I fell in love with diving. It wasn't just being underwater. It was the whole experience of being on the boat for a few hours. Oh, yeah. You know, being on the sun. And, you know, there's, they served lunch on the boat. And I still remember that meal. It was a fried chicken and spaghetti. <laughs> you still remember it. And it was the best meal I've ever had in my life. And it could have been because I had just came out of the water after seeing, you know, all this crazy, beautiful fish. And it was mm -hmm. warm. And, you know, and we got we had like an hour to just relax sit under the sun, you know, eat this food mm -hmm. and just look out on the horizon. And it had it gave me a lot of time to think about what I wanted in life as well. And, you know, I had just read the four hour work week at that time. Oh, that's a big one. And I remember, you know, and I wrote about this in the book in 12 Weeks in Thailand. And, you know, I basically borrowed a piece of pen, and, you know, a piece of paper and a pen and wrote on it, you know, wrote a plan on how to come out here. So uh, if you guys want to read more about that, it's, it's in the book. Uh, oh, I remember that. It's that. funny that, you know, I actually, I don't talk about the book very often. I probably should more. Mm -hmm. um, you should. It's been a big influence on me. I think that, like, in terms of, like, so for me, the, the four-hour work week was really big in terms of, like, mindset shift. But your book was really important in terms of, like, practical things and how you can come here and what you should do and how to make that happen. So that was really important to me. And I, I loved reading it. I love the stories, the humor. And I told you this already. And it's... And I know that it really influenced me. It also made it really easy for me to get. So you want to travel, right? But where are you going to go? What are you going to do? So I like Thailand, Muay Thai, scuba diving, 
come here now and it was so simple and having this one destination in mind is really like right now I'm about to leave Thailand in a couple of weeks and I have this dilemma where do I want to go in Southeast Asia before and that's kind of hard just having the thing with a lot of freedom is that you have to decide for yourself and I know that I'm very lucky in a position to do that but still like you don't know where you're gonna head next or what's gonna happen but you know what the great thing is you actually have the option so my friend that's called a high value problem yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now are like, you know what, fuck this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That wasn't really. <laughs> he's 20 years old. He's, you know, making enough money where he can basically travel wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't even bring his freaking laptop with him. <laughs> yeah, that's still, that's still really, I love the looks on people's face when I tell them that. That's really, really big. And I know that in the end, when I'll come back to Israel, when I'll go back home, honestly, I think it will be, it will be nice to see my family and friends. But I will still miss like traveling and having the the lifestyle, the level of high comfortable lifestyle that I can afford here that I'll just work until I can go and travel again. You know what, man? There's a good chance when you go back, you're going to work for a month or two and then be like, I'm just going to bring my laptop with me this time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to work from here. I still don't know. I, I was thinking about it. If I could start over again, would I bring my laptop? And I think I still wouldn't bring it. I think for this initial trip, it was good that you didn't bring it, so you could just relax. Yeah. But really, this, if you're gonna, you know, st- stay at home and work on your business anyways, you might as well be sitting here. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. I haven't thought about it. The thing is, I, I live with my parents and my brothers and sisters, and I really enjoy it, and I find it really easy to work there. So maybe I don't know. I really don't know. Like right now, I remember when it was winter in Israel. The winter isn't that big of a deal, but I just don't like the cold. I was thinking about Chiang Mai. I was like damn I want to get here because the winter it's kind of like depressing and it's cold really don't like it and in here the weather is kind of beautiful well my advice to you is if you're productive and you're happy stay where you are mm-hmm. but if you're unhappy and unproductive get the fuck out of there yeah ASAP mm-hmm. alright buddy it was really really nice to meet you yeah I'm glad you came out your story is very inspiring to a lot of people listening to this yeah this is a dream sitting here with you on this episode and just meeting you in person really is they want to uh basically keep in touch with you you have a you have a blog that you don't update but yeah you will now i will now so i started this blog before i came here it's called youngadventure.net where i'm just gonna put my thoughts just right actually i already have a podcast episode it's it's just one that i threw out before coming here so you can check that out Okay, awesome. And I'll have links to all the stuff, including everything that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, TravelLikeABossPodcast.com, show notes, episode 32. Uh, thanks for coming. Peace yeah. out, guys, and I'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, How to Choose the Perfect Niche episode, join our mailing list at TravelLikeABossPodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.